this new day that you have given us. Thank you for your abundant love and boundless mercy. Thank you for strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Thank you, Lord, that you are the reason for living. And we love you. Thank you for being in our lives. Now we invite you into this time as we look into your word, speak to our hearts, and stir new things within us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, last week we began a little study about all things new and looking at verses in the scripture that talk about new things. So I'll just refresh your memory a little because it's been a whole week and praise the Lord. All right, we looked in, uh, we started in the Old Testament, of course. First thing we saw there was sing a new song. How David talked a a number of times about he has put a new song in my mouth. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. When the Lord comes to us, he gives us a song, right? There's a song in our heart because we love him. We have something to sing about. We have something to sing about. The world sings, and they sing all kinds of songs. Woe is me, boo-hoo. <laughs> uh, this one broke my heart, and that one broke my heart. And But we have a new song to sing. We have a song of deliverance, a song of praise to our God. He puts a new, he puts a new song in our mouth, it says in one place. And so we have reason to sing. We have reason to sing. I will sing a new song to you, O God. And then on a harp of ten strings, I will sing praises to you. So, um, you know, that's another whole, whole study is how worship is not only out of, of, of vocal cords, but with our, our hands, our, with our whole, with our whole being. We sing and give thanks and praise to God. And then in Isaiah, we have a number of verses that speak about, and new things I will do. Sing to the Lord, even there, sing to the Lord a new song. I will do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Of course, looking forward to coming Messiah, that that was a new thing. That was going to be some new thing, wasn't it? And then in Isaiah 62, the Gentiles shall see your righteousness you shall be called by a new name. When we come to the Lord, right, he gives us a new name. We're Christians, number one. Praise the Lord. He gives us that he makes all things new. And then, of course, Isaiah goes even beyond that. I will create it to the to the day that we look forward to. I'll create a new heaven and a new earth. So we have all of that there in Isaiah. And then Jeremiah. Um, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, speaking of Jesus. Okay, and that's what we're going to be looking at today. And then uh, Lamentations mentions that his mercies are new every morning, something that we can claim every day, every day. The Lord, thank you for your mercies that are new today. We don't have to walk in yesterday's blessings. We have a new day and we have new mercy for today. His love is fresh today. He loves me today. He loves you today. And he's a God of today. And we don't have to, we can actually literally turn our good morning, turn our back on the past and, and walk away from it and leave it in the past. We'll put it under the blood. And we can literally every day have a fresh new page, a clean page to start over again. And God Forgets our sins, even if yesterday we fell. He, he puts his, our sins away. If we repent of him, we ask him to cleanse us. He removes our sins. As far as the east is from the west, he forgets them. And so, what, wow, what a powerful, 
what a powerful thing that is, you know. When, uh, when, we, when we come to the end of the um, Bible study for the moms that I work with of, uh, who've, who've had abortions, one of the last things we do is read a prayer between God and a child uh, in heaven. And at the end, the child asks, why didn't I ever get to see my mom? And God says, I don't know, I forgot. And so it's just a powerful reinforcement to us to say, he forgets our sins. We remember them. The enemy tries to keep throwing them up to us, but his mercies are new every morning. And he gives us that clean slate. And he doesn't remember them. He doesn't throw them. God never throws them up into our face and says, oh, there you go, you did it again. When that we hear those words, those are from the enemy. Uh, the accuser of the brethren, the enemy of our souls, who's always trying to hold us back and say, see, uh, you know, it's not, it's not, you're not different. You'll never be different. You can't, God, God isn't pleased with you. He's a liar. He's a liar. And, uh, and, and that's an ongoing thing that we have to constantly be on guard for because he's always looking to drag us down and, and, and deceive us. Okay. And then Ezekiel, then I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within them and take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. And they will walk in my statues and keep my judgments and do them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. We're going to talk about this today from the New Testament perspective. And then another place in Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart. Put a new Again, that's the promise of Jesus coming and being inside of us. Wow. They didn't have that prior to Jesus coming and dying on the cross. They didn't have him live inside like like we can. And so, wow, just to heighten our appreciation. You know, um, most of us here, I think all of us here have, have known the Lord, walked with the Lord for, you know, pretty good long time already. And sometimes, you know, we just get used to the idea, you know, and it, it becomes kind of, it becomes normal. And that's good. I'm not saying that's not good. But just to heighten our appreciation and to remind ourselves, wow, you know, it wasn't always this way. All right, and then we looked, we started to go into the New Testament last week in Matthew. Jesus talked about new wineskins. And what he was saying there was about the, the Pharisees and the scribes. They had all this old stuff, this baggage that they were dragging along with them, literally, and trying to you know, impose all this stuff on people that God, God wasn't connected to at all. And, uh, and he was saying, you gotta forsake that was what he was saying there is you gotta forsake that old stuff. We, and, and listen to what I'm saying. It's, it's a new day. It, it's, it's new. It's a new, new season, a new covenant now. Well, he didn't use the word covenant there, but we're going to come to that today. And then when Jesus comes to the Last Supper with his disciples, he, t he tells them, this is the blood of the new covenant. Uh, we talked about a little bit about the covenant from the uh, Old Testament uh, last week. You know, God was, had written it in stone. We, you know, this is this an expression in our world. Well, it's not written in stone, so you can change it. Well, God wrote the, the, the Ten Commandments. He did write in stone. And it was impossible for the human heart to be able to keep all of those commandments, wasn't it? And the new covenant, they broke that covenant. They, they, they failed miserably, as we would have, because it's not possible for the human heart to... 
God made then a way that they could stay in relationship with him through the sacrificing of animals that typified Jesus' sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. And and so, but he said a, a, a new covenant is coming and that, that was just uh, an example to give them to point that pointed to, to Jesus to show them that a day was coming when the, the shadow of the of the sacrifice would be over, and the, and Jesus was the fulfillment. And so, and then he said to his disciples also, "But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom." So that's another thing to look forward to. We're going to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, and that. Jesus hasn't celebrated. He's waiting for us to to get there. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going, right? We're going to the marriage supper of the Lamb and to that new feast. And then Jesus said to his followers, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. And that came as a result of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the new tongues. And what a powerful, what a powerful thing that is, the, the, Tongue, as we, as, as the Holy Spirit fills us and, uh, new tongues, we can pray in new tongues, a wonderful, wonderful gift from our Father. And then Jesus said to his disciples, a new commandment I give to you, and that you love one another, okay? Now, the scribes and Pharisees, they were like, you all about do, 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 do this, don't do, do. And Jesus says, I'm gonna give you a new commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so that was that's his heart, his heart, right? When you see how Jesus dealt with people who were brought to him and or he um, interacted with, many of them were living in lives, lives that were destitute and immoral, sinful, but Jesus did what when he was with them? He lifted them. He forgave them. He he lifted them. He gave them hope. He gave them a new life. He didn't he didn't cast people aside. He didn't push them away. <laughs> he he lifted them. He if if they wanted if they if they were willing, he was willing to help them. And so, uh, what a wonderful wonderful Savior we have. And then in Second Corinthians, um, I'm just going to bring us up to where we, we where we stopped last week, and then we'll slow down a little. <laughs> Who made us a sufficient ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit? For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. That was in Corinthians three six, and then Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And that's something that, you know, we understand now. When we come to Christ, he makes it all new, doesn't he? And it's a whole new, really, really a whole new fresh start. And many, many testify how when they came to know Christ, how old things changed and new things took their place. And that's uh, what that's what salvation does for us. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. Now we see here, we're going to see this um, today too, as we go through some other scriptures, how the early church, they struggled with, with this a little bit. This, 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 this just didn't come 
all with ease. Don't forget, they were entrenched in do this, do this, do this. A good, you know, a religious Jewish person does this and does this and does this. And now Jesus is, during their lifetime, come, ministered, died, risen, ascended, and now whole new, I mean, think about it. It's pretty revolutionary to have, to live through that transition. And in the early church that we read about in, in the Bible, they've, most of them, many of them have lived through that transition. Wow, that's incredible, isn't it? So we can understand that there would be some questions and some, some struggle and like, even though you're like, yes, that's much easier, but then it's kind of like, yeah, but what about, you know, on the other hand, you have all of the, I mean, we have the struggle in our world too, maybe just not quite as extreme as it was there. But I mean, you know, they have all the religiosity stuff going on and well, yeah, but you, you can't, you can't just, uh, you know, now be a, a follower of Christ and forget all about all of our religious traditions. I mean, you know, this is our sacrifices and, and not only that, but all those 614 extra, you know, things that they, they had to do and circumcision and, and the whole nine yards, you know. So there was that, you know, some were saying, oh, when Christ were free, others were saying, I don't know, you know, that doesn't sound so right to me, you know, this has been all these years, hundreds of years, we've been doing this hundreds of years, you know, I mean, does it sound familiar? We've all, you know, we've all kind of walked that walk and and been set free. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and so they had that struggle there. We see Paul addresses that and and uh, it, it, it's all through the New Testament. So here we have these verses to show us, to encourage us that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And uh, circumcision, none, circumcision, not important, but a new creation. And then in Ephesians, this is where we ended, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, let each of you, one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. And there we have the idea that there's a, there's a cooperation that we can we can help the process along, put on the new man. In other words, it's a, there's choices to be made. We can choose to to be stuck in our religiosity in the box or whatever, or we can choose to walk in newness of life and walk out of that into newness of life and allow Christ to make all things new. And so our cooperation, our willingness, always go hand in hand with God's working in our lives, doesn't it? He came to set us free. Jesus himself said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We're, we were looking at these, I was looking at these verses because it was a new year. And, you know, we all like to think that we could have a new beginning, a fresh start, change, make some changes, do some things differently. There's, there's hope in that, isn't, isn't there? That gives us, that gives us some purpose and it gives us a focus. So, you know, let's look and see what the word says about, about how to make all things new and how to have that newness. So now we come to Colossians. That's where we're going to pick up today. 
Colossians 3. Okay, and here in Colossians 3, I'm looking at verses 8 to 11. But now you yourselves are to put off all these. Okay, so put off indicates what? We're participants, right. It's not, again, and, and you know, I, I say this a lot to you because I, I you know, I, I see how this is such a common, strong thought in our world that God just, you know, can zap you and, and, you know, then you'll, you'll, everything will be fixed or right or changed or, or whatever. And that's not what we see when we come to the Word. We gotta get it the way it is in the Word. We have, we have choice. We have choice as we choose God. Yes, God empowers us. His Holy Spirit is a powerful source, of course, but it only empowers us as we, as we choose, as we make the effort. It's, it's a joint effort. It's not a one-sided God just jumps down into your life kind of mentality and zoom, you know, there you go. (laughs) There you go. You're off and running. No, it's our it's our desire. It's our desire is so important, so important with Him. When we desire and choose, God just comes through in in powerful ways. Yes, but it's it's always connected with our our willingness and our choice. And so we need to completely understand that. Okay. So now you yourselves put off all these. So that's a choice. Okay? People say, well, I, I can't, I just can't, I'm just, I just can't, I'm just weak, I just can't. Forget that. Just knock the, knock the tea out of can't, and what do you have? Can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can. We can because we have the empowering of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so, it's not always easy. I'm not saying that it's all, it's all easy to do. But we do have to put our will on God's side and choose to do things differently. Where we're weak, he makes us strong. Where we're weak, where I'm, when I'm weak, Paul said, then I'm dynamite, is what it, what the, what it, what it actually means there. Well, where's, where's that dynamite coming from? Power of the Holy Spirit. We can't change ourselves. You've tried to change. Did you ever try to start a new habit? You know, one, one new habit that you might, might want to start. They say if you do it for 21 days, then it'll become, well, that didn't work for whatever. You, whatever it is, you try and change something yourself. How hard is it? It's hard, isn't it? Hello? Even, you know, even things like flossing your teeth and, uh, I mean, you know, little inconsequential things. You try and change a habit in your life, it's very difficult. So that just, I'm just using that as, a, as an example to, to for us to, identify that it's not easy to change and we can't change ourselves but we're not left to our own resources we have the power of the holy spirit that's why when we were teaching the book of acts i used to say this every sunday we need to get up in the morning and say holy spirit fill me anew and afresh today Holy Spirit, come and fill me anew and afresh today. Empower me to walk with you and to, and to, and to, you know, we don't have the power in ourselves to walk with God and to make the right choices, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, we do. And the other thing that happens is as we keep getting filled and refilled and filled and filled and filled with the Holy Spirit, why we get more sensitive to the leading and the direction of the Holy Spirit as we go through our day and 
it's just wonderful what God is able to do. So we must always stay connected to the fountain. All right, and and that's the way that we can choose, that, that we are able to choose to put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. How do you stop that? How do you stop that? How do you stop that? If you fall into any of those, you know, if it's easy for you to get angry, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, bad words, just, you know, I've, I've heard people who've struggled with that, who love the Lord very much, but they, they've, well, we all struggle, but we have the power of the Holy Spirit to come and to help us to choose to do things differently. And without that power, we'll never be different. But with that power, we can walk in newness of life. And so we don't have to be ashamed of the struggle. We all are in the same struggle together. We don't have, you know, so, and that's where we lose the reality in, in the Christian realm. People feel that they come to church and they fellowship with other believers. They have to pretend like everything is in their life is perfect. Well, that's just a bunch of baloney. Come on. <laughs> baloney, baloney, salami, salami, like my husband says, right? It's, it's just not truth, okay? We all struggle. We all have feelings that are not godly, that are not what <laughs> Scripture lays out for us. Well, we all need the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're all just in the same boat, struggling to, to be the people that God have called us to be. And, you know, sometimes in the process, yeah, we do step on each other's toes or we do get bent out of shape or whatever. doesn't mean we quit on one another. We we continue, you know, to, um, Carol says, come together and re- come, let us reason together. And, and, and it, you know, if, if we're willing to, to stay in relationship and, and work, work, through, work things out, we can by the power of the Holy Spirit, not because we're anything special, <laughs> but because we have this wonderful power of the Holy Spirit to enable us to keep on walking with God and saying, come on now, we can work this out. We can get through this. And God is for us, so who can be against us? We know we have a common enemy. He's looking for any way possible he can to take us out, divide us, get us angry at one another, get us all out of sorts about something or other or, or whatever, or or just even in our families. I mean, you see that in your own family sometimes, how the enemy is at work to try and... and um, Bring a disarray and disorder and, and all kinds of stuff. And so we need the power of the Holy Spirit, power of the Holy Spirit, because God has given us a new life and we have to, we're, we're, our part is to walk in it. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. This is written to the early church. You know, we forget. We think, oh, the early church, they had it all together. Ah, oh, not, not so much. <laughs> And I put on, you know, you know, we think, oh, well, you know, church today is worse than it ever was. Well, just read the, read the New Testament. You know, they were struggling with all kinds of issues. Do not lie to one another. This is what's being written to the church. Okay. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all in and all. Now you understand that this was a big deal in that, in the early church. He's, he's a born Jew. This is an uncircumcised Gentile. Now we're all worshiping Christ together. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Whoo. 
sparks were flying. <laughs> yeah, so it was a big deal. And then human nature is human nature. It hasn't changed since the Garden of Eden, unfortunately. So, again, we have choices to make. And we have to focus on Christ. He's our common denominator. We all love him. No, we're not all perfect. And we've all, we all have passed. And, you know, some people in, in, in some circles, they just hold your past against you for, for the rest of your life. Oh, wow. <laughs> what are we doing? If Jesus will put it under the blood and forget about it, who are we to hold uh, a person's past against them for the rest of their life. So Jesus comes and makes all things new, and we need to extend that kind of love and compassion to one another also, especially when people are striving to walk in the newness, okay? Um, you know, we've all, we've all experienced the other too, where, the, where people are making choices to continue in sin and not choose not choose truth and not choose to walk differently. Well, that's a different matter, of course. Of course, then then the sin has to be dealt with. That's the word of God. But when when we're all when we're striving to walk in truth and 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 love Christ with all our hearts, that's when we have to just, you know, encourage one another and new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you. So, again, we can't do this. We can't do this without good morning, Joe. We can't do this without the power of the Holy Spirit, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do it. Praise the Lord. All right, let's go on to Hebrews because Hebrews has some good stuff in it, as you know. Hebrews is one of my favorite books in the whole, whole book. And I think it's one of my favorite because it's so, it so clearly shows how that was the old, this is the new. Yep, that was the old, but this is the new. And that was the way it was, but this is the way it is now. And I just love that because we need to understand. I love it. It, 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 it expounds the Old Testament. It shows us the value of the Old Testament, but it also shows us that it's a, it's a new day. A new day has dawned. Hallelujah. A grand new day <laughs> for sure. And that's only in Christ. And uh, wow, what a grand new day he has given us and continues to give us. Give us. All right, let's look in Hebrews 8, first of all. Hebrews 8, starting at verse 6, I have here. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. That's talking about Jesus. And as much as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises, for if the first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. In other words, okay, we're talking about a new covenant now. Well, they had an old covenant written in stone. <laughs> written in stone. I don't know if we really get it. It was written in stone by God's finger. They had a covenant from God himself written in stone that they would be his people. He would be their God. He would look out for them. This is what they needed to do. This is what they needed to walk in. And even if they couldn't do it perfectly, he had provided the sacrifices that they would stay in relationship with him. But what did they always choose to do? They always chose to worship other gods, to set up bales, to, to, and, and all of that included immorality and fornication and all sorts of uncleanness, all that idol worship. 
And here God was offering them a way to stay out of all of that. All right? And they kept choosing, kept choosing. How many times? If you read the Old Testament through, how many times? And God had to raise up a prophet or a, a somebody or a somebody and, and, and remind them, hey, hello, God wants to be your God. And, you know, if you follow him, he's going to bless you. All these blessings are attached. But no, they're over here committing fornication and living, you know, sexually immoral lives. And so... God had given them a choice all through the years, and God had given, that was the old covenant. The old covenant, you know, they could have stayed in relationship with God, but they just didn't have the power. They didn't have the power to, and they kept making bad choices. And so now he's telling us that the first covenant had been faultless. If it had been sufficient, then Jesus wouldn't have had to die. Now think about this. If there was any other way that God could have redeemed us, Don't you think he would have done it? Rather than allow his son to be killed? The king of glory from heaven sent his son from heaven down into this itty-bitty little earth that we live on? To be killed? To be despised? To be rejected of men? I mean, I don't even think our minds can grasp the magnitude. But that old covenant wasn't good enough. And so here comes Jesus, and he makes with us a new covenant. And this new covenant isn't written in stone. What's it written in? In blood on the fleshy tables of our hearts. Praise the Lord. And so that's a big difference, isn't it? The law imposed on us from the outside couldn't do it. But when Christ comes within and lives inside of us and pours, gives us his Holy Spirit, there's nothing that's not possible. It's all becomes possible. He, 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 it's like the engine moves inside of us, right? You get in your car and it doesn't have an engine in it, you're not going anyplace, are you? Or if you, know, it doesn't, you can use a couple analogies. If it doesn't have fuel, you're not going anyplace. Well, without the power of the Holy Spirit, without Christ within... We're not going any place, are we? But with him in there, there's no place we can't go. It works. Praise the Lord. All right, so um, the writer to the Hebrews is saying, because in verse 8, please, finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Think about that. He's saying here, I took them by the hand. God, even in the Old Testament, was taking them by the hands to lead them like like a child through the wilderness. What did they do? Complain. We want to stone Moses. We want to stone Moses. Yeah, that was a good solution, right? He's the only one that God would talk to. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, help us all. God said to Moses one time, step aside, I'll just wipe them all out. And they're like, oh, let's stone Moses. Yeah, well, how's that going to work for you? But you know, human nature, we have to be careful. Is what I, I guess this is what I said a little bit last week too. We have to be careful that we don't fall into the same silliness. No complaining, just praising. We have a new covenant. 
Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers. I took them by the hand to lead them out of me because they did not continue in my covenant. And I disregarded them, says the Lord. Wow. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. This is that what we're living in. He will give us, he will put his law in our mind He renews our mind, right? We have that verse about newness, the renewing of the mind, and he will write on our hearts, I will be their God and they shall be my people. You know, what's in your heart, you do. Whatever is in your heart, and that's the bottom line. Things in themselves are not evil, but what's in your heart, what in your heart comes out. You can use... You can use uh, anything in this world for either for good or for evil. It's not about the thing. It's not about the TV or the computer or or the whatever you want to call your car or, or whatever. You can use it for good or you can use it for evil. It depends on what's in your heart. Inanimate objects are not evil or good. <laughs> it's what's in our hearts. And we have to understand that. And when Christ lives in our hearts, we have a new heart. And yes, we have to we have to cooperate, but Christ is in there. And as we get more filled with the Holy Spirit, that's the part that's got to take over. I will be their God and they will be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none of his brother saying, No, Lord, for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. In that he says a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and grow, growing old is ready to vanish away. Here the writer to the Hebrews is saying he's trying to help them. Because again, the Hebrew Christians, they're stuck on circumcision and kosher food. And, you know, this has to be done this way. You have to wash up to your elbows and you have to go through all of these, these things. And he's saying, you know what, guys? That's over. That's done. It's a new day. Now Christ lives within. And we worship together, Jew and Gentile alike. Wow, that was, that was really radical for them. Okay, then we go on to chapter 9, and he continues, For if the blood, 9 verse 13, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, now that was what they had to do if they sinned prior to Christ dying on the cross. They were to bring uh, either a bull, goat, a heifer, even a dove. Um, The poor could bring turtle doves and stuff. If those sacrifices were the plan God laid out to appease his wrath so that they could stay in relationship with him, it was enough for, to keep them in relation, right? If they had walked in his ways, they, they, would have, they would have sinned, of course, but, but they could have just kept, you know, bringing their sacrifice and, and God would stay in relation. He was pleased. He was pleased with the sacrificial because that's the way he set it up. So if that was um, sufficient to keep them in relationship with God back there, how much more? Shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without, if, if the spirit of a, of a dead animal appeased God's wrath, how much more is the living spirit of Christ, his spirit never died, offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. That worked 
to keep people in relationship with God, even though it wasn't perfect. But now we have the perfect sacrifice of Christ. And that does is way better than animal sacrifice. That does more than just keep us in an outward relationship with, with God. This brings us with an inward relationship with God, where he, he's inside. He dwells within. And we have the, the engine of power inside of us, that we can live a holy and so so you know again this this um, repudiate, repudiate, repudiates the whole idea that you can just believe in Jesus and live in sin all the time. No, <laughs> that's not what this is saying. This is saying that when Christ comes within, you get delivered from sin. You stop sinning. You hate sin like God hates it because He's inside, not because you can do that, but because He can in you. He can in you. He's in you. He's in you. He hates sin. He was sinless. Jesus lived a sinless life. And you can live a sinless life too as you walk with him, as you allow the power of the Holy Spirit to be inside of you. That's what it teaches us. Okay? Because it's more powerful. How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? For this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. So, that you know, we could spend a, a whole month on, on, on just <laughs> Hebrews alone, more than that, but just for us to really get it and grasp it, I just pray that the Lord will quicken our understanding. There's more. Then in, in chapter 10, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. The he- writer to the Hebrews was really hammering at this, okay? He was really trying to get the struggling Hebrew church to understand that in Christ, all things were new. They could lay aside the old. And, you know, we have the same struggle. Okay, it's not be- with, we're not into sacrificing animals. But we've all come through uh, places where, you know, if you're going to be religious, you're going to really please God. You got to do this. You got to be like this. You got to do that. You got, and all of us struggle with those issues continually because that's what we were brought up in. You got to do this. You got to be like this. You got to do this. If you don't do this, you know, God's going to hammer you. <laughs> that's not what we're reading here, is it? He comes within and he empowers us to 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 be united to him, to live a different life, to live like him. We can't do it on our own. So, hello, let's even stop it, trying to. Okay, so this is the covenant I will make with them after those days. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. This is what the Lord will do for us. It's a shortcut. It's good news. (laughs) It's good news. We can't do it, but he will do it for us. Now there is no, now where there is remission of these, there is no more offering for sin. They didn't have to keep coming back with sacrifices because they had the blood of Jesus Christ and, and Christ living within. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiness by the blood of Jesus, nobody could go in to the holy place without lots of blood being shed. We can't approach God except the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, that cleanses us from all sin. But it opens the holiest of all, where only one man could go once a year. And even then, they had to put bells on him, make sure he didn't get struck dead. Did you ever think that when you went to pray, you might get struck dead because of your sin? No, we don't even have that thought in our brain anymore. But they did. 
we have access with boldness. Even if we've sinned, we come and we say, I repent, Lord, cover, cleanse me with your blood, and we have access right into the holiest of all. Those people would have been, been killed. They would have dropped dead, literally. Ah, do we get it? Do we get the, the appreciation for what we have access to? We have access to the throne of heaven on a daily basis. So there's, there's no, nothing that we struggle with that's not, not possible for God to give us help with. Absolutely not. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new, here's the new, New and living way. It's not a dead way. It's not written on stone. It's on the fleshy tables of our heart. It's living. It's breathing. Christ alive in me. Christ liveth in me. And having a high priest over the house of God, Jesus, let us draw near. Come on. Come in. Come in. The Old Testament was stay out. You've sinned. Stay out. The New Testament, the new, come in. Here's the blood. The blood of Christ has been shed. Come. Come, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. In other words, don't don't be going this way and that way. Well, I'm not sure. I don't know if Christ really, I don't know. If, you know, you don't know what I've done and blah, 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 blah. Well, let me tell you, sacrifice of Christ, it works. <laughs> That's what God's, that's what he's saying here. Once for all, it works. And there's nothing you could do to change that. <laughs> so get over it. Get over yourself. Mostly we just get stuck on ourselves. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Do we see the day approaching? All right. So let's stir one another up to love and to good works. And when we see each other struggling, just encourage one another, encourage one another. Don't, 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 don't get stuck. Don't get stuck on yourself or something that the devil's trying to hold you back with. Forget it. It's under the blood. Put it under the blood. Walk in that newness of life. Walk in the freedom that Christ purchased for us with his own blood. It was quite a cost. All right, and then in Hebrews 12, for you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet. That's what Moses went to. A mountain that was thundering and fire and smoking and, and the voice of God was terrifying. Remember the people said, Moses, that's terrible. We don't ever want to hear that. You go talk to God, but, but that's too terrifying for us. That's not what we're come to. For they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it would be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight, Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. But we have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, an innumerable company of angels, the general assembly and church of the firstborn, who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, here showing us that we're all one. We don't see the other side so easily. Some people... Some people do more easily than others, I understand. But as far as God's concerned, we're all one. Those who have gone before and the angels and us, we're all part of the same body of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're part. You know, it's just like in the Old Testament when the when the prophet and his servant, and, he, and they were surrounded by enemies. And the prophet said, God, please open this man's eyes. 
And when he opened his eyes, what did he see? He saw the mountains filled with the chariots of God and the angels of God all around. And he said, whoa, there's more for us than are for them. Yeah, hello. We forget that. We forget that we're not walking this humbaloo, you know, poor me. I'm just, you know, struggling through, fighting. I've got to fight another day. <laughs> Heaven's allied armies waited our command. We're surrounded with an innumerable host and God is on our side and we're not left here by ourselves with the power of the Holy Spirit. We can go into the throne room. We can say, Lord, come fill me up today. I need help. Walk with, I want to walk with you today. He, and there we are in the throne room. Free access. Ah, pray that he opens our understanding, that we understand it more and more and more. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, to the blood of sprinkling, speaks better things than that of Abel. Abel's blood cried out for vengeance to God because he had been killed unjustly. But Jesus' blood cries out for mercy. (laughs) Father, forgive them. They're mine. They're blood washed. And so we have access. Oh, the old kept them out. The old kept them out. Didn't bring them in. You see, what a big difference. We need to understand it. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. It's one of the warnings in the book of Hebrews. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he is promising, yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. And there you have it. God made this all available to us. And if we reject it, are we going to be judged? Absolutely. Absolutely. Rejection of such a gift there will be judgment for. Absolutely. That's why it behooves us to embrace it and say, God, I want all you have for me. I'm going to walk in this no matter what. I'm going to choose. And by your spirit, I'm going to get filled and filled and filled and filled so that I can walk. I can walk in newness of life. I can walk this walk and live the life. The other scriptures that speak about newness yet are in Revelation, which we've just recently gone all through the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven out of God, a new name and a new song. So I'll leave it in white stone. That's right. So I leave it at that, but I pray that it encourages your heart to understand what tremendous access we have, what a tremendous life we can live because of the sacrifice of Calvary, the new covenant written on our hearts and empowered every day in this new year we can walk with god we can be newly refilled with the holy spirit of god we can walk in that newness in new ways he can open new doors and that's as we walk with god and so let's let's do it let's just do it let's just stop making excuses and let's just do it hallelujah thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord hallelujah 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 Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Glory. Hallelujah. We could never thank you enough, Lord. We'll thank you for the ages of eternity for giving us such a wonderful gift, thy own blessed Son, to live within us and to walk within us and to make us new creations. May this year we walk in newness of life as never before. In Jesus' name, amen.